0: Good good. Good good. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? I can't hear me. Good, good, good. Hello, hello, hello. Can you guys hear me? No. Do do do. do. Ooh, 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 ooh. Good morning. Happy Sabbath. What I would like you to do is I would like you to uh look around your seat and I want you to wave at everyone who's near you. Make sure you tell people hi
1: hey
0: well, good morning church uh We only have a couple announcements for you guys this morning. Um, Today at 4.30, we have Mosaic, and I am so excited about Mosaic today because we have a special speaker coming. Um, I met Pastor Jeff about four years ago now, um, and I actually had the privilege to work for him and be his intern at one point. Um, Pastor Jeff is the youth and young adult director up at the conference office. He is also the director at Camp Myvedon. So if you may have heard of Camp Myvedon before, and he's coming today to speak at Mosaic at 4.30. So super excited about that. Jeff is a personal friend of mine and one of my mentors. So He's a, good, he's a good one, you don't want to miss it. So 4.30 today in the community hall, um, we'll have our music worship, we'll have a talk, we'll have games, we have prizes, and then we'll have dinner to follow. So Mosaic today at 4.30. Another announcement I have for you um, is that tomorrow we will be celebrating the life of John Smith at 11 a.m. in the morning. That will be here at the church and after that we will have a reception to follow. So tomorrow here at 11 a.m. That is all I have for you guys. I hope you have a happy Sabbath.
2: All right, boys and girls, guess what time it is? I got the mom bag and it is fall fall in fact i could use a volunteer mom to sit down here in the front row and help pass it out afterwards uh lynn you are too old for the children's story
1: i I just wanted to bring
3: something to the table do you have time
2: okay it's it's sabbath right i'm really busy
3: we talked about this before
2: you know what you always do this to me you always bring this on at the last minute You know what I'm just gonna have to think about it, okay? No, I'm gonna have to think about it.
3: Remember about the sermon?
2: I'm gonna have to think about it. Go. (laughs) All right, boys and girls. I need all the boys and girls sitting right down here. And you're gonna need to look up here. And I am gonna look out into the audience because I'm gonna need a volunteer. You're gonna to wanna to stay right down here because you're gonna to wanna to see what I'm doing on this table. I need, um, let me look around. I need a volunteer that's really strong. Sean Carlson is my muscle for the day is Sean pretty he's pretty strong. I, I asked some people who the strongest person in our church was and several people told me Sean he, he's iron man. Okay. So, Sean, I don't want you to be scared. I need you to stand right up here. Right up here. Um I need you to put these safety glasses on. Don't don't be scared. And then I have a hole in the top and some armholes. I need you to slip this on. Safety. Safety is the number one thing here. There we go. All right. So, all right, Sean. Looks good. So, the thing that we're going to talk about today is gentleness. Who knows what gentleness is? What's gentleness? Not Not smacking each other. What else is gentleness?
4: Like being nice to other
2: people. Being nice to other people. Does anybody else know what gentleness is? nicely. So, I have something here. What is this? What happens if... Oh, please don't touch the table. What happens if I am not gentle with this egg? So, if I want to hold this egg, I need to be very gentle. Because if I'm not gentle and I try to bounce it like a ball... Uh-oh. I was not gentle, was I? Do you guys want to see what happened? Oh. Better move this. Sean's going to need that later. <laughs> Look at that. That that's that's what happens when you're oh, not gentle. All right, so sit back down. I'm going to introduce you to some new friends that I have. In fact, I'm going to let Sean hold one. This, you got to hold it up so they see the face. This is John, (laughs) and this is Bob. These are my new friends. And so John and Bob are eggs. And I'm going to demonstrate for you what happens when maybe we're not so gentle. So we're going to take John first. And I want everybody, oh, here's my cotton balls, to think of some nice things to say about John. Who can say something nice about John? Um, um, he's, smiling. he's smiling. So we'll just put this little cotton ball gently on John. Who else can say something nice? You guys can help out in the audience. It looks, nice. looks nice. Ooh, I got one. John has a heart of gold. Oh, that's a good one. What else? You say something nice about, about John? He's a good bouncer. He's a good bouncer. Okay, (laughs) all right. (laughs) I thought I knew a lot about him. (laughs) Okay, what, oh, and Ariane loves John. That's very nice. So we've said some very gentle, nice things to John. So I want to see if you can break his spirit. Squeeze John as hard as you can, Sean. I'm going to back away just in case he explodes. Wait, one more time, Sean, one more time. I thought you were strong. Okay, so we were gentle. We were not able to crack John's spirit. Now what we're going to do is we're going to take Bob here. Oh, Oh, here it is. And we're going to say, actually, I'm going to give this to you, Sean. And every time we say something that is not nice, and not gentle about bob we're going to poke a hole in bob all right so let's say some things that are not nice about bob he's evil he's evil okay <laughs> all right oh what else is not gentle um y- y- you are not nice not nice oh he smells rotten that's a good one. He's bald. He's bald. <laughs> there we go. And he, uh, you know what? He's kind of cold, too. So do you guys think Bob's feeling pretty good about now? No? So now we've done all of this to poor Bob. Do you think we're going to be able to break his, his heart and his spirit now? Maybe just stand over here, just in case, because I know what it looks like to not be gentle. Okay, Sean, see if you're strong. (gasps) Oh. (laughs) All (laughs) right. Okay, when I practiced at home, that did not happen. So, I don't know. (laughs) All right, so I guess next week there might not be people sitting in the front rows, but Sean, thank you. Actually, Sean, this is to wipe your hand, and if you want to take this. So, boys and girls, what I want us to remember, of course, I doubt if what I say is going to get remembered now, is that when we're gentle, it makes people strong. And so in, your, in the mom bag, you have a bag, and you're going to be able to make these two crafts. So you have a board, and one has a sticker that you can put on that says, gentleness feels like, and you have cotton balls you can spread out and put glue on there, and unkindness feels like, and you have sand, so you put the glue on there. There's even a stick to spread it around. And you'll remember what it feels like when somebody is gentle with you and when somebody is not gentle with you, all right? So I want you to go down in the front row and they have your craft bags for you. And if you bring these back to me after, after church, I will have a treat for you. And Sergio, there's a slippery spot right there, just so you know. Oh, Len.
3: I, I, I can't believe you chased me off and then you bring about this bit of gentleness. Oh. I, I've, I just felt totally rejected and pushed off. I, uh, Len? We're, we're, we have this whole series about the fruit of the Spirit, gentleness, and then you kicked me off when i had something that i really wanted to say special to you lynn what
2: i'm sorry for not being gentle with you
3: don't squeeze me
2: i will not squeeze you (laughs) you may have the microphone
3: well all i wanted to say was that ruth wanted to follow up with the tutoring after the great announcement last week and talk about what happened this week and I really appreciate you doing this, because um, at first I wasn't sure I was going to get through. But anyway, Ruth had some great experience this week about tutoring, and I'm cracking up inside.
5: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Just, yeah, I just wanted to bring you up to date that... I have believed for the 12 years we've been doing this that God really believes in the tutoring program and he loves those kids because he always brings the tutors. I don't sweat it. This year I did a little bit. This year it was a little bit harder. He had to work a little harder. He lets me work on the curriculum and organizing it and he brings the tutors. And this, and sometime I'll t- you ask me and I'll tell you the story of amazing tutors that just came out of the woodwork kind of so yes that's that was really great however i really wanted to get up here and talk to the pastors for a minute where's larissa did she leave i need larissa here okay so pastors i need you to come here and face me because what i have to say is more important than what you have to say right now and pastor spouses if there's i don't know if nancy's here But Becky, you come too. And I have a dilemma I need to talk to you about. Yes, really, you know, be brave, you can do this. All right, so the dilemma is this. October was Pastor Appreciation Month and I have another gift for you and I don't know if you want me to wait till next October to give it to you or if it's okay if we give it to you now. <laughs> if, if it's not an okay, we'll do it now. All right, so um, being a pastor this year has not been easy, but being a pastor is never easy. You see the best of us, you see the worst of us. We're like a company, you're like the presidents, the CEOs, we are like your staff, and you can't get rid of us. We tell you how to do things better than you're doing. And then there's others of us that tell you you're doing it right, and then others that say, No, you're not doing it right, and, and you can't fire us, you can't dock our pay. And Len and I have often talked about what a challenge it is to be a pastor, and we love you very much, and I know that the this group loves you very much, and <laughs> yes. I hope that you felt it during October. I hope you feel it the other 11 months of the year. So some people, they didn't know whether to get you a new new outfits from L.L. Beans, or to take you out to dinner, or whatever, so they put money in a kitty. So what I have here is three envelopes, three cards, and in each one is a $500 gift card from your friends, your staff, your family, who loves you here, and we love you very much. Thank
6: you. Who is <laughs> right up here? Hi, how you doing? You don't know me. My name is Eric, or they call me Eric. I'm the new guy. Welcome to my church. Um, <laughs> let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you because we can gather together as one in worship and be brothers and sisters and receive from you. In your word it says in James 1, the chapter 20, verse 1, Uh, And James says that, uh, do not merely listen to the word, but also do what he says. For if you don't listen and you don't do, it's like you look at yourself in the mirror and then you walk away and you forget. Allow us, Lord, today to look at ourselves, to open our hearts to what you have to say to us, to minister to us, to talk to us um, about what you want and what's in your heart for us. And not only that, but give us the courage to follow through, to put in practice, to be able to to follow your word and that you can find joy in what we do and how we handle our daily lives. I ask you this in Jesus' name. Amen. To worship our Heavenly Father, Um, I ask that you guys stand and join us for worship.
4: King of my heart, be the shadow. going
7: morning, church. Boy, that is a little brighter than usual. Eric, you were right. How are you guys doing this morning? I uh, <laughs> have a confession to make. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, last week, I... I uh, was asked to do something next sabbath and so i called fred and i said would you switch with me so i'll preach this week and you preach next week and i've got thanksgiving and he said sure absolutely and so we talked to uh, daryl the worship leader and said hey you know we're going to switch this uh and so uh, I'm going to do goodness this week, and Fred will do gentleness next week. So, uh, Keeney, I am so sorry, I apologize, but you're going to have to do that whole thing again next week, <laughs> because, and Sean, I apologize to you too. But uh, yeah, so I, uh, for some reason, I, the one person that I forgot to tell was, it was Keeney. And so uh, you guys are going to get to see that whole thing again next week. So, yeah, that's pretty cool. (laughs) But I know Keeney and I know she'll come up with something else that's just as good, if not better, uh, for next week. So uh, we are uh, continuing in our series, obviously, uh, on uh, the fruits of the Spirit. And um, let's see if I can get this to work this time. Once once again. It's not working. I Don't know why, but so we, we're trying, just so you know, we're trying out some new equipment. And it's probably gonna take us a few weeks to get it straight. Is that okay with you guys? <laughs> All right, so Yeah, I know. Does it work? Yeah, it does. Yeah, it's not working over here though. No problem. Take your time. All right. So, we're working on the fruit of the spirit, and I had to say take your time because it's on goodness. And how bad would that look if I said, "Well, hurry up, right?" So, this was all planned. (laughs) No, not really. So, when when I moved here from Italy, I couldn't speak a word of English. And so my dad was very smart. He was able to get us children a tutor. She happened to be a person that taught Italian at a local high school and uh, also uh, lived just a couple of houses away from us. So we could just walk to her house. Her name was La Signorina Santoro or Miss Santoro. And her and her husband and her, her son lived there. And they were very nice. Uh, you walk into her house. Her house was always spotless. And uh, she was just a fantastic, fantastic person. Of course, we didn't appreciate it as much then. But now we look back and say, "Ah, oh, man, I'm so, I can't believe we were able to have this woman be our, our tutor. That's so cool. And uh, as we did that, uh, I, I remember... Again, not knowing English and trying to figure out what to say, you know, I would go in there and and, in broken English, should we try again? Should I try? No, not yet. Okay. Uh, In broken English, uh, you know, I would say, hey, guess what happened today? And without missing a beat, she would always say, oh, goodness gracious. And I'd be like, what does that mean, Right? Or I'll come in and i would be like, hey, guess what? Dad got me new notebooks. Oh, goodness gracious, she would say. No matter what I would say, she'd always have this exclamation, goodness gracious. Hey, we had a big storm the other night and a big branch of the tree fell down. Oh, goodness gracious, she would say. Then she would ask me, did you memorize the words that I asked you to memorize in English? And I would say, no, I did not. She would say, oh, goodness gracious. No matter what, it was like just the exact exclamation every time and I was like what does goodness gracious mean and you know what she said right well goodness gracious you know and then she would try to explain it to me how many of you have ever said that goodness gracious I don't know what that means that's like backwards to me I'm Italian that that should not it should be gracious goodness don't you agree So I want to talk to you today about gracious goodness, if that's okay with you. Let's see if I can get this on now. Oh, well, there's a window there. So we're, we're getting close. Uh, so the first word I want to talk about is this word graciousness. And what does graciousness mean? Let's see. Oh, yeah, beautiful. So I'm going to put this. Excellent. Look at this. Wonderful. Thank you very much, team. Graciousness. Graciousness is the quality or state of being benevolent. The quality or state of being benevolent and then there's this word called goodness and goodness is a greek word that's that is uh, pronounced i think it's pronounced anyway uh agathosone Uh, so if you know for example somebody named agatha it's a common name these days uh agatha (laughs) some of you got that good agatha actually means good that's what that's what agatha means right it's it's intrinsic goodness, especially as a personal quality, as relating to believers. And it's the goodness that comes from God. And there was this little note in the concordances that was really interesting. It says, apparently, it is strictly a biblical term. It does not seem to appear at all in any of the ancient secular Greek. So this, this concept of goodness is really a Christian or biblical term. Which I think is quite interesting. And it comes from who? From God. Agathasone is so rich in nuance that there is no English word that can translate it sufficiently, quite honestly. Uh, In the Western world, we struggle with this word. And quite honestly, this happens with quite a few of those biblical words. But this one here, we really struggle with it because of our understanding of goodness. We mostly define it in four different ways. Uh, The first one is goodness in the absence of bad. So goodness, what we really mean by that is I'm really not been bad. Let me see if I can explain the, this to you. I, I remember when I would go visit friends, uh, and I was picking up on the English, uh, I would hear their parents say, hey, listen, have a good time, okay? Just don't be home too late. i would be like, oh, that's interesting. And my friends would say, why was that interesting? I'd say, that's, that's not what my father tells me. What does your father say? Well, every time I left my house, my father would say, "Now be a good boy. How many of you your father or your mother said be a good boy or be a good girl? let me make sure that right yeah my my parents never said have a good time." Not, not that they didn't want me to have a good time, they did, but it was more about the fact that at the end of the day they wanted me to be a good boy and and so for example, if my mom and dad left for for a a, a um some kind of a, an event or something, and she would, they would leave us home. They would say, okay, now listen, you, you be good children. You be a good boy, Sergio, okay? Yeah, of course. And then they would come back. They would say, were you a good boy? And I would say, well, yes, of course I was a boy. And what I meant by that was, uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> what I meant by that it was, I, I, I didn't make a mess. What I meant by that was I did not pull my sister's hair. This time. What I meant by being a good boy was I did not play with dad's shortwave radio. And break it. What I meant by that is I did not fight with my brothers. That's what I meant by being a good boy. Do you know what I'm saying? What I did not mean was, oh, yeah, I went across the street to help Miss Judy next door with a chore. Oh, yeah, I was a good boy. I I fed a homeless person today. Oh, Of course I was a good boy. I cleaned my room and my brother's rooms too. No, I never said those. In fact, that's not what they wanted me to say. What they wanted me to say was that I didn't do something bad. Does that make sense? Is it possible to get a little light on the congregation? I don't know. For some reason it seems a little darker. I cannot see the reactions. I need the reactions. Otherwise, I feel like I'm preaching to the camera again. I don't, I don't want that. Is that okay? Guess, all right. Awesome. Oh, you look so beautiful. Thank you for doing that. Yeah, beautiful. I appreciate it. To many of us, goodness actually means the avoidance of evil. We'll say things like, she's a good student. What we really mean is that she never cheats on her tests. Or we'll say, he's a good man, which really means he never smokes or he doesn't drink. he doesn't gamble he's a good man or we'll say she's a good treasurer she never steals from the pot that's a good treasurer or we'll say he's a good employee he's never late never swears he's never lazy so we always talk about it from the perspective of what they don't do bad when it's all said and done I don't know about you But I want to be known not only for the evil that I avoided, but for the goodness that God graciously affected through me. Amen? Amen. Because I believe that that is what the fruit of the Spirit is supposed to be. Not about what I avoid, but what God does through me. There's a beautiful story in the New Testament. Uh, There was a, a... a lawyer or, or, or a student of the law, I should say, uh, and I don't know if they were trying to trip Jesus or if they really wanted to understand. This story is found in Luke, and it says that, that uh, they asked Jesus, "What must I do to inherit eternal life?" Have ever thought about that question? What must I? What? Do? To inherit eternal. In other words, what they were really asking is, how good is good enough? Have you ever wondered how good is good enough? How good do I have to be? What's the list? How easy would that be if we had the list? Some of us look at the Ten Commandments as the list. And if I could just check off the list, then I'm good for heaven. So Jesus says, well, let me explain to you what I mean by this. This is what gracious goodness looks like, he says. And he tells a story about the good Samaritan. He says, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and when he was attacked, he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest, a good man, supposedly, A pastor happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. Like, if I don't see him, I don't have to deal with him. Not much different than when you were a kid, you know, you play hide and seek, it's like you can't find me. So, to a Levite. And they were the ones who were to become priests. So, to a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. Now, the priest, according to the story, and Jesus doesn't tell us why, but they were either too busy, basically saying, don't interrupt my life. I've got places to go, people to see. Good things to do. Or just to give the priest the benefit of the doubt, maybe they were afraid. I mean, this was not an easy road. This was a dangerous road. There were robbers. Maybe this was a sting operation. You know, we we better be careful here. So the question that they asked themselves is, 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 if I stop, what will happen to me? That's a fair question. I've asked myself that question at times when I wish I didn't. And the story continues. Jesus says, uh, but a Samaritan, and this is important uh, just to give you a little background, the Samaritans were hated by the Jews. How many of you know this? Some of you don't, so I want to make sure you knew this. They were, they were a group of people that were hated by the Jews. And so for Jesus to say this, this was extremely radical when he introduces this new character. The priest, the Levite, these are the good ones. They pass him by, but a Samaritan, this guy that you all hate, a Samaritan as he traveled, came where the man was. And when he saw him, he took pity on him. And he went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, which means he's not riding it now. The man is. Are you catching this? And he brought him to an inn and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. And he said, look after him. I'll be back. When I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expenses you may have. As if Jesus was saying, that's what it means to be good. From Jesus' perspective, gracious goodness doesn't ask if I stop, what will happen to me? It asks, if I don't stop, what will happen to him? Gracious goodness is daring. It's courageous. Gracious goodness is benevolent, selfless. Gracious goodness is compassionate. And a pathetic. Gracious goodness is caring and sacrificial. Gracious goodness is generous and thoughtfully, hope and Hey, listen, I, whatever he needs, I got it. I'll take care of it. And I'll be back this way and I'll make sure he's okay, but please, please take care of him. Gracious goodness can only come from God. And that's why Jesus told this story. You want to get into heaven, you got to be connected to God. That's really the key. The second way that we look at goodness or we define goodness is we define it as a demonstration of accomplishment, productivity, or quality. You know what I mean by this, right? When we say you did a good job, what? we really mean is you accomplished that well. When we say, hey, that was a really good day, what we really mean was that that was a productive day. We got stuff done. Isn't that true? When we say things like, that's a good burrito, what we really mean is that not that it's a good burrito, like a nice burrito, kind and loving. No. What we mean is that it tastes good. It's got good quality ingredients. It's a good burrito. That's how we define good. There's nothing wrong with feeling good about accomplishing something. Absolutely. Uh, Or about even being productive. I I love being productive. I'm always up for shooting for quality and excellence. I believe that that is God-inspired, so don't misunderstand me. I'm just saying that that's an incomplete definition of what good is. It doesn't even come close to the fullness of the fruit of I got thou Not even close. And there's a danger with that kind of definition. It can trap us into believing in salvation by productivity. And, and the end result of that, by the way, and I've seen this over and over and over again is striving for something that we can never do on our own, and that's perfection. Salvation by productivity. Anybody ever fall into that trap? That's not the goodness that Paul talked about in Galatians or that Jesus was talking about. The third and final way that goodness is uh, talked about, oh, that we think about it, is a little closer, but it still doesn't hit the mark, and it's even more dangerous, and this is called pious morality. This is external behavior or, or self-achieved righteousness. How are we doing? One day, Jesus was talking to his disciples And he said something very disturbing to them. He said, For I tell you that unless your righteousness surpasses, is better than that of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, you will certainly not enter the kingdom of heaven. Now you have to understand, if I am a disciple at the time of Christ the people that I considered holy, the people that I considered righteous, the people that I considered good were the teachers of the law, were the Pharisees, the pastors, the elders. They were the ones who were supposed to lead me. So I'm hearing this, and I am so totally confused if I am Peter. In fact, at some point during this they're asking, like, well, then who can be saved? Like, how on earth can our righteousness can ever suppress, surpass their righteousness? In the Jewish Talmud, which were Jewish writings of the time, there was a list of seven kinds of Pharisees uh, that they talk about. I, I want to see if I can uh, share these with you. Uh, the first ones, they were called the shoulder Pharisee, or the Shemite, this type of Pharisee was one who wore his good deeds on his shoulder on display for all men to see. You know, right? Look how good I am. Check it out. man. They would walk around like this. And, and the bigger the list, the more good they were. Another type was the um, uh, the, wall, the, the wait a little Pharisee. These are actually the names of these Pharisees. And the wait a little Pharisee, this type of Pharisee would, wait, would, would want to wait to see how a situation played out before acting in any matter. This is, the, this is the person that's like, I'm a processor person. And before I do anything that's going to impact me or affect me, I am going to make sure that I wait this out. Hey, some of this doesn't sound terrible, does it? There was another kind of Pharisee, and that was the blind Pharisee. They were sometimes called the bruised and bleeding Pharisees. I kid you not. This type of Pharisee was typified by the idea of him walking with his head down or turned. And, and basically what they were saying is, I am not going to look at anything bad. I'm not, this is for the purpose of avoiding visual temptation. I'm just going to turn away, turn away, turn away. I'm just not going to look. I'm just not going to look. That's it. I'm not going to do, oh, sorry. And this is really what would happen. That's why they were called the bruised and bleeding Pharisees. They would actually hit things and walls because they didn't want to be tempted. Then there was the the ever-reckoning Pharisees. This was a religious person who was always keeping score. You know anybody like this? I'm not talking about games here. Trying to make sure that his good deeds always outnumbered his bad ones. And as long as I could put more good deeds on this side of the scale, and it's heavier than this side of the scale, I'm doing okay. The next one was the fearful Pharisees. They were always frightened of doing the wrong thing. Which meant they almost never did anything. <laughs> but it is not the fear of punishment or the hope of everlasting reward that leads the disciple of Christ to follow him. But They behold his love through manger in Bethlehem to Calvary's cross. And the sight of him softens and subdues the heart. And they hear his voice and they follow him. I love that passage from a book called The Desire of Ages. So powerful. The next one was the pestle or the hunched over Pharisees. They walk bent over in pretending humility. I'm very humble. I'm very humble. They actually have plaques in their house. I'm the humblest guy. And then finally, you had the God fearing or timid Pharisees. While he had great reverence and respect for God, it was out of fear of punishment. So he made sure to follow all of God's commandments in order to avoid curses from God and ultimately hellfire. Now, if we are honest with ourselves, is it possible that at times in our lives we have fallen into one of these categories? If we're honest with ourselves. If somebody comes up to you and says, are you a good person? How would you answer? And what would be your criteria? I mean, that's the biggest problem with the way man describes goodness. The criteria can be anything we want it to be. I remember sitting in an airplane once and uh sit next to some lady, and we were talking about that. I said, what do you do? Oh, you know, I do this and this, and, you know, and, and uh, oh, great, you know. What do you do for fun? Well, I like to drink a little bit and do this, and I like to dance. And i like, oh, that's great. I said, you know, and, and the conversation went on and on about her, her career and everything, and how she's good at cheating a little bit here and doing a little bit of this. And, you know, I'm not sure where she was going with this, you know. And at some point, she asked me, said, so, what do you do for a living? <laughs> and I said, I'm a pastor. <laughs> oh, she said. Huh. Wow, okay, well, that's interesting, she says. You know, I'm not really that bad of a person, you know. <laughs> I mean, I'm no Mother Teresa, but I'm also no Jeffrey Dahmer, you know. And all of a sudden, she began to compare herself with people that are really bad. That's like me saying, yeah, I could bench press more than my grandmother. I mean, come on, let's be honest, right? <laughs> but we tend to do this, don't we? It's a terrible condition because the righteous are more damaged by their righteousness than the sinner by their sin. They think they're so much better than everybody else that they don't realize how bad off they really are. Jesus once said, uh, "For out of the heart comes what? Evil thoughts. Out of the heart comes murder, adultery, sexual immorality, immorality. Excuse me, theft, false testimony, slander. This all comes out of where? The heart. In other words, what Jesus was saying is the heart of the human problem." is the problem of the human heart. And Paul says, there is no one that's good. He said, I try to be good, but I tend to keep doing evil. And he ends that whole discourse, if you ever read it in Romans, I love it, because at the end he says, thank God for Jesus Christ. The fruit of the Holy Spirit develops in us The type of goodness that is more than simply moral. But it's holy. God does not want us to settle for reformational goodness. Superficial, cosmetic, external, self-achieved goodness. Rather, he aspires for us to, to have the type of goodness that is transformational. And the transformational goodness is only from God. That's why it is one of the fruit of the spirit, it can only come from God. Please tell me that when you leave this room, you will say, you know what, I will never try to do this on my own again. Only the thing I will do is connect myself with Jesus every day, every moment, and let that spirit fill me with this fruit. We keep trying to do it on our own, and it never, ever works. So, I want to just challenge you to aspire towards gracious goodness, which is God's goodness. And God's goodness, it says, uh, in Psalm 107, I love this, Psalm 107 says, Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness. And for his wonderful works, for the children of men, for he satisfies the longing soul and fills the hungry soul with goodness. His goodness is actually fulfilling. It's not scary. His goodness is awesome. In Psalm 107. And then his goodness, number two, this is really good. Surely goodness and mercy shall what? Follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. What David was saying is that his goodness pursues us. His goodness is constantly following us. There's this is great poem. It's a little bit in old English because it was written long time ago by a guy by the name of Francis Thompson. But it's called The Hound of Heaven. And if you've never read it, take your time. Read it. But it is a powerful poem powerful, powerful poem about how God pursues us no matter what. I had a friend once that was baptized with me and left. Then, then things happened in his life and he left the church for years. And then we kept reaching out to him, reached out to him. And one day he called and said, Church, can we talk? And we talked for a long, long time. And then we began to restudy the Bible again. And then he got rebaptized. And then he gave a testimony and he said, you know, I left the church many years ago. But I got to tell you something. Of one thing I'm sure, God never left me. No matter how hard I try to run away, he kept after me, after me, and after me. That is the God that we serve. That is gracious goodness. Amen? Amen. And then finally, God's goodness, my favorite verse, leads us to repentance. Or do you despise the riches of his goodness, forbearance and longsuffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leads you to repentance? Haven't you noticed that? And when you recognize God's goodness in your life, that's when you really begin to realize, what am I doing? It's through an appreciation of the character of Christ and what he did for us on the cross that things begin to change in our lives. Sin becomes hateful to us. We don't want it anymore. Because we, we, we recognize that Jesus is so awesome to us, even when we don't deserve it. While we were yet sinners, he died for me. I cannot tell you how many times I tried to quit something or do something. And, it, and I, I really, really tried, and it never worked. But it was only when I appreciated who Jesus was and what he did for me on the cross and what he does for me every single day that it led me to tears and repentance and victory. How are we doing out there? For the past few months uh, I really appreciated what Ruth said. and uh, it, 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 it has not been easy to be a pastor. You guys have been great. It's not You, it's just the conditions, right? Everything that's going on. Uh, I'll be honest with you, I have never passed through a pandemic before. You know, I was like, all right, here's something new. I don't know what I'm doing, but we'll go for it. So I really appreciated your words, Ruth and Len. Thank you for the gifts. They mean a lot to us. But throughout this time, every time I would walk in my office once a month, There was a card like this one. Or this one. Or this one. Or this one. I've kept them all. And what I loved about the cards was that they were always written for what it looks like 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 this person was trying to write with their left hand and they were writing. Chicken scratch. And it always said something, you know, really neat, like, thank you for the wonderful sermon. I pray for the worship and sing celebration of Acts. And so pray, pray for awareness of God's presence in you. This one says, uh, thank you a bunch for all you do and for others that, and for others, God bless you. Just little things. I mean, it's not easy to write with your non-dominant hand. Just beautiful stuff. And every time in it, It was a monetary gift. And a sacrificial offering from the heart. An unbelievable blessing to Nancy and I. Not just because it helped us financially, and it did. But because we knew somebody loved us. Was good to us. And for the longest time, I did not know who it was, so I gave you all the credit, all of you. But now I think I know, and I think you know I know. And I will not embarrass you. I appreciate it, your desire to keep it private. And that means a lot to me too. But I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for your gracious goodness towards me. I mean, that was God's goodness. It is God's goodness in action. And every time we love somebody and we go out of our way to help them, every time we do what the Good Samaritan did in every situation, what we're doing is we're showing the goodness of God. Amen. So thank you so very, very much. Not just this person, but all of you. And thank you for sticking with this church through all these crazy times. It means so much to us. So join with me. Not just today, but from the moment we wake up every day, until we lay our heads down, we will sing of the goodness of God. Amen. So would you stand with me as we sing this amazing song, The Goodness of God. Thank you. Beautiful, beautiful stuff. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for your gracious goodness towards us, Lord. Thank you for, for, for just loving us so much that you would want us, make us the best version of ourselves. Which can only come through you, Lord. Thank you so very, very much for the fruit of the Spirit. We pray now, Lord, as we go our separate ways and continue to bathe in the wonderful rest of the Sabbath, that you be with us, protect us, and guide us, and remind us of your goodness. And may it lead us, Lord, not only to repentance, but to victorious living. It's my prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Have a wonderful Sabbath. We'll see you guys, uh, maybe some of you this afternoon. Love to see you this afternoon. Uh, 4.30 for our uh, mosaic. I'll be there. Thank you for those of you who watched online. God bless you. Have a great, great Sabbath.